Well, howdy y'all. Welcome back to Once Upon a Time in Texas. This is episode number 34 of my little podcast, Once Upon a Time in Texas. I am your host and producer, head bottle washer, car fixer recently, um, Michael Mitchell. So today we're going to get into, uh, I mean, UFOs have certainly been a big topic of conversation in the last, uh, really in the last recent months, really since about 2021, due to the large number of classified documents being released by the government. But did you know that one of the earliest recorded UFO crashes happened right here in Texas? Yeah. And it happened a full 50 years before Roswell. So holy smokes. I think some of the blow up on this stuff happened because uh, as of 2021, um, there's actually a report that is submitted to Congress now each year, starting in 2021, where, uh, I guess, congressmen review unidentified flying object reports. And that is fascinating. So uh, anyway, before we jump into UFOs and such, though, I, of course, want to thank our sponsors. Uh, That is me and American Mortgage Company. I know there are tons of people moving to and in Texas, and I know a lot of y'all do, too. So let me help them out. As most of y'all already know, I am an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. Um, Basically, working with a broker or a loan originator like me, we uh, go out and we do the shopping for you. So we go out and we find the best rates, the best companies to work with, and uh, we get you linked up with them. Um, So we check all those different types of lenders, get you the best deal, and really we just try to make it faster, cheaper, and easier for you. So if you're going to go through this process, because we do realize this, this was something I went to training last week. We were talking about marketing and all this other kind of stuff. And I reminded everybody in the room and there were, I don't know, over a hundred of us in the room. And I said, you know, it's, it's a little tough to do the marketing because what we're selling is something that nobody wants. Nobody wants a mortgage ever. (laughs) nobody wants that. And everybody just looked at me like I was an idiot. And then they laughed. And I said, guys, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm serious. Who wants a mortgage, right? So everybody kind of relented and they decided, you know, you're right. And I said, so it is up to us to really, you know, to make it fun, to try to make that process as easy as possible. So if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them over my way. Send them over to the chunky bearded guy that does this little podcast called Once Upon a Time in Texas. Send them to themichaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. Let me help them out. Remember when you work with me or really any mortgage broker, um, you know, and you can find them. I'm only uh, certified or licensed, I guess, in Texas currently. I just licensed in Oklahoma um, however, my broker's not licensed there yet, so that'll be happening pretty soon. You'll, you'll hear that. <clears throat> but if you're gonna, if you're looking for a broker in any other state, check out findamortgagebroker.com. Uh, a lot of those people on there are my friends, people that I've met through trainings and stuff like that. And, uh, 
they have reviews and stuff on there too. Of course, you know, check out their reviews. But anyway, if you're in Texas uh, or soon to be Oklahoma, send them my way. TheMichaelMitchell.com. Remember, I sell dreams, not mortgages. Isn't that nice? So here we go. Texas is known for its vast landscapes and our unique culture. But it's also been a hot spot for unexplained phenomenon or phenomena really over the years. From the mysterious lights, we've got the Marfa lights, uh, the Lubbock lights, uh, other mysterious lights in the sky to encounters with extraterrestrial beings. The state has really played host to really numerous UFO sightings that have left witnesses and investigators baffled. So UFOs have been on the scene for quite some time. <clears throat> really since Roswell. Roswell was kind of the big the big daddy of UFO sightings, I guess. They fascinated people for ages. And maybe not just UFOs, but really just the night sky or just the sky and the heavens in general. And, you know, with the heavens, we've always looked at the sun. So I'm taking a little bit of a right turn here, guys. Y'all are going to catch a little bit of my science nerd coming out. So we have looked to the sun a, a lot. Well, not exactly you know, at the sun because that's a terrible idea. Um, but we have watched the sun since the dawn of time. Uh, mostly because it's hard to have a dawn of time without the sun. <laughs> Sorry, stupid joke. <clears throat> and really speaking of the sun, did you know a historic event is happening right here in Texas? On October 14, 2023, and it has to do with the sun. Does anybody know what that is? Raise your hand. <laughs> I love that I just said it. Y'all realize this is a podcast, and I, I recorded this a couple of days before it posted. But I know there's some people out there that just raised their hand like we were all sitting in class. And for those of y'all, I love y'all. All right, that's right. We have a solar eclipse happening, and it is going to pass over Texas. Actually, it's passing over a huge part of the U.S. So the eclipse begins in the early morning uh, in Oregon on October 14th, and the moon's shadow is elongated, and it travels fast at 7,000 miles an hour. So there's a huge area in Texas that we'll be able to see um, totality, so a total solar eclipse, and it runs from northwest to southeast. So from the Texas line just west of Lubbock to a line southeast to Port Lavaca, and then from the Texas line just north of Pecos, Texas, in a straight line southeast down to Brownsville. So if you're kind of in that area, that huge chunk of Texas, um, the eclipse is going to be a total eclipse over you. And depending on where you are in that little stretch of real estate, it's going to last anywhere from two to four minutes. But wait, there is more. Just in case you're going to miss this October 14th, 2023 solar eclipse, there's going to be another one here in Texas on April 8th, 2024. And it will be in a southwest to northeast kind of path with Waco kind of being in the big fat middle of it. So, you know, if you like Waco and you want to go down and see the Joanna Gaines shops 
and all that kind of stuff in Waco, it is probably going to be hard as heck to get you a uh, <clears throat> a room around April next year. But it may be worth a try. Um, of note, though, if you miss these two, the one in uh, on October 14th or the one on April 8th, you'll have to wait another 21 long years to see the next total solar eclipse over Texas. Because it doesn't happen again until August 12th, 2045. And then the one after that isn't until 2052. So depending on your age today, and you want to see a solar eclipse, you might just, you know, want to check those out. (laughs) So before we get into the UFO crash in Texas, (laughs) let's talk statistics. The Lone Star State is rated one of the best states to watch for UFOs. According to the National UFO Reporting Center, or the NUFORC, so, I don't know, New Fork. I don't know if they shorten it to that. Um, They have been tracking UFO sightings uh, across the country since 1949, with more than 15,000 400 witness accounts representing 12% of all sightings. California is at the top of the list. They're number one. (laughs) So now I laugh because, I mean, man, there are a lot of jokes that could be had with that statistic right there. Um, However, I'm sure I have a few listeners from California, so uh, I'm just going to let those jokes go for now, and I'll let you give each other a hard time. (laughs) How about that? So Florida was the number two spot um, at 7,870. So California is number one by almost double. Washington is in the number three spot at 6,932 sightings. And then good old Texas, the number four spot on the list at 5,862 sightings. But interestingly enough, we are actually ranked in the first place when it comes to the potential for actually having a UFO sighting. They worded that funny, and I'm not really sure what that means. So recently, though, I mean, like a few weeks ago, there was a huge uptick in UFO sightings on one particular night, and most of them were from the uh, San Antonio area. And... uh just huge sightings, you know, reported, everybody's freaking out. But it turns out our good buddy Elon Musk uh, sent some more of his Starlink satellites into orbit and uh, freaked a bunch of people out, apparently. So, uh, Elon Musk, I know you have no idea who I am, but you know what? If you hear this little podcast of mine, all I have to say is keep up the good work. As a former science teacher and lifelong science nerd, I just love what you do, man. Keep it up. Uh, I would love to shake your hand one day. Just seem like a pretty interesting fella. So glad you're here in Texas doing some cool stuff. All right. So UFO is defined as an unidentified flying object. But more recently, they have decided to rebrand this a little bit. Um, it was renamed by U.S. officials didn't say who the officials were, just U.S. officials, to UAP, which stands for an Unidentified 
aerial phenomenon. I, I guess that's more interesting. I guess, you know, that would include things like the Marfa lights, the Lubbock lights. So an unidentified aerial phenomenon, but UFO, I mean, kind of like Pluto, you know, Pluto is always going to be a planet to me. UFO is always going to be the term for me. So the National UFO Reporting Center makes no claims as to the validity of the information in any of their reports. Obvious hoaxes have been omitted. However, most reports have been posted exactly as received in the author's own words. So I think that's interesting. Uh, I love that they can put it out there. Uh, I got on and looked at a few and and they're kind of interesting. It's kind of like the Bigfoot Research Center stuff. Like they put in, there's lots of data they collect. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, and yes, I'm watching Expedition Bigfoot now. I still watch The Curse of Oak Island. But I mean, a lot of it has to do with like the scientific process of it all. I just kind of dig that. And they bring out all these new tools and all this. And um, yeah, Expedition Bigfoot, I mean, it's so hokey. Um but I like that they brought out a drone that actually checks for gases that are emitted by uh, different animals and it can differentiate between different gases in the earth and stuff. And so uh, it was really cool and they can do it from a fairly high level. So I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't even know they were doing that with drones yet. So that's the kind of stuff that I nerd out about, I guess, a little bit. So... Anyway, I I love that on this uh, National UFO Reporting Center, they do uh, post exactly as received by the author's own words. Um, And then it says, though it's not a government agency, the Federal Aviation Administration does send people to the NUFORC. That's hard to say. The NUFORC. So persons wanting to report UFO or unexplained phenomena activity should contact uh, a UFO slash unexplained phenomena reporting data collection center, such as the National UFO Reporting Center, etc., as it says on the FAA website. The Department of Defense is also keeping track of UAP sightings, and by law, a classified report of sightings reports is sent to Congress each year. That's what I was talking about a minute ago. The first report in 2021 included 144 reported cases. Uh, Defense officials found no evidence the sighting indicates signs of extraterrestrial life, because why not? Um, Sightings reports are investigated by the recently created All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. So the ADARO, It was set up in 2022 by the Pentagon to analyze UAP sightings. So UAPs pose a safety risk to air traffic and people on the ground is is why they set that up. So that's interesting. All right, so let's jump into some... Actually, really, it's just one sighting in Texas. And I do have my good buddy Michael Kurtz to thank for this. He digs up some pretty interesting crap... Um, although, I mean, he's, he's a good dude, but he's from California. Um, but you know, he lives in Texas here now. So I guess he's, he's seen the light and the way. (laughs) 
And so he always digs up this interesting crap, and I just love it. You know, so Michael, keep it up. And for the rest of y'all out there that aren't giving me much, shame on you. Give me some of these strange things. I, I love reporting and, and doing this podcast on these strange things. All right. So one of the earliest recorded UFO incidents in the United States took place in Aurora, Texas. The Aurora, Texas UFO incident reportedly occurred on April 17, 1897, when, according to locals, a UFO crashed on a farm near Aurora, Texas. The incident resulted in the fatality of the pilot. The pilot was not of this world, ooh, and was said to be an alien. The pilot was buried in the Aurora Cemetery and a stone was placed as a marker for the grave, but has since, of course, been removed. So on April 19th, two days later, 1897, an article in the Dallas Morning News written by S.E. Hayden described the UFO crash. The UFO is said to have hit a windmill on the property of Judge J.S. Proctor two days earlier at around 6 a.m. local central time, resulting in its crash. The pilot, who was reported to be not of this world and a Martian, according to a reported Army Signal Service officer named named T.J. Weems from nearby Fort Worth, did not survive the crash and was buried, of course, with Christian rites at the nearby Aurora Cemetery. And the cemetery actually contains a Texas Historical Commission marker mentioning this incident, which we're going to talk more about in a minute. So reportedly, wreckage from the crash was dumped in a nearby well located under the damaged windmill because, of course, why not get rid of all the evidence, right? While some ended up with the alien in the grave. So adding to this mystery was the story of Mr. Brawley Oates, who purchased Judge Proctor's property around 1935, so about, whatever, 38 years later. Oates cleaned out the debris from the well in order to use it as a water source, but later developed an extremely severe case of arthritis, which he claimed to be the result of contaminated water from the wreckage dumped in the well. As a result, Oates, again, of course, sealed up the well with a concrete slab and placed an outbuilding atop the slab. And so, according to the writing uh, in, in later papers and news articles, this was done in 1945. So now it's important to note that this story from 1897 has been met with skepticism and controversy, as typically they do. Some believe it to be an elaborate hoax, while others remain convinced of its uh, authenticity. In 1973, the state of Texas even placed a historical marker near the cemetery to commemorate the incident. So to shed more light on the mystery, um, nope, I'm sorry, we're not shedding more light. We're going to talk more about this. So the Aurora, Texas incident of 1897 is one of the most intriguing cases in, in the history of UFO sightings. It's captured the imagination of countless people over the years, even the state of Texas Historical Commission. And while some of the aspects of the account may be hard to verify due to the passage of time, 
there are some elements that really make it stand out. And I thought this was kind of cool. So of course there's all that, you know, the debris is missing and it was in the bottom of the well. The guy cleaned it out, but never said what he did with the debris. But you know, the well's contaminated. There's just all this stuff. So the intriguing parts though, first we have multiple eyewitness accounts from credible sources, including the local judge, J.S. Proctor, who was a respected member of the community. So second, the story of the deceased extraterrestrial being being buried in the cemetery is quite unusual and hard to dismiss. I mean, apparently it happened. And then lastly, I mean, the, the 1973 historical marker indicates that the state of Texas officially recognized the incident as part of its history. So, I mean, all these factors kind of make it a little intriguing and a little baffling. Now, they have had a couple of TV shows that have gone out and done some investigations. And, and I don't know, apparently they don't let them do whatever it is, the LIDAR and the ground penetrating, you know, radar and stuff like that to go dig up the alien body. <clears throat> so along with these stories, there's almost always a hoax theory and this Aurora UFO crash is no different. So the hoax theory is primarily based on a 1980 time magazine interview with Etta. And I, I guess it's Pegas P E G U E S Pegas Pegas. I'm going to say Pegas. She was an 86-year-old Aurora resident who claimed that Hayden, um, which I guess is the guy, that is the guy that, no, that's Brawley Oates. I'm not sure who Hayden is. It just says they claim that Hayden had fabricated the entire story, stating that Hayden wrote it as a joke and to bring interest to Aurora. The railroad had bypassed the town and the town was dying. Pegas further claimed that Judge Proctor never operated a windmill on his property, a statement later refuted as part of the UFO Hunters episode, which found the base of a wooden water pump tower constructed around the well. So, while the Aurora incident really kind of remains an enigma, it's far from the only UFO sighting in Texas. I mean, it's one of over 5,800. The state boasts a long history of UFO encounters, including mysterious lights in the West Texas desert, around Marfa and Lubbock, unexplained aerial phenomena over military bases, and uh, numerous reports from everyday people who have witnessed strange objects in the night sky. So, you know, keep your eye out. So... Really, it comes down to Texas's vast open spaces and clear night skies, for the most part, really do make it an ideal location for UFO sightings. In fact, there are several UFO hotspots in the state, including Marfa, which we've talked about, and the uh, mysterious Marfa lights have been observed for over a century. You can go watch them. Uh, Big Bend National Park, which is out kind of El Paso area. Um, well, kind of closer to Marfa, but it's all out there in the West Texas area. And uh, Big Bend National Park has its fair share of unexplained aerial phenomena. When I worked out in West Texas, there were all kinds of weird things I'd see driving back from Fort Stockton. Um, 
I just assumed most of it had to do with uh, pilots testing out things from Dias Air Force Base in Abilene. Um, Because I got to see all kinds of cool, you know, Black Hawk helicopters flying all over the place, C-130s, all kinds of different jets and military planes. They were always out doing something in West Texas. So, yeah, um, there you go. That was a bit of a journey through the unexplained Texas sky. I, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Once Upon a Time in Texas. Um... If you have your own UFO encounter story or insights, man, share them with me. Get on and put them on the Once Upon a Time in Texas Facebook group or page. Um, heck, look me up, shoot me a message. You can find my email on themichaelmitchell.com. You know, as always, just keep looking up. You never know what you're going to see in the vast Texas night sky. Um, so there you go. Once Upon a Time in Texas... UFOs and such. That's what I'm calling this episode. So what do y'all think? What other weird or off-the-wall stuff have you heard about Texas? Help me out here. Man, I, I need material. I'm always looking. And I love sharing this stuff with y'all. I just, I love, the weirder the better. Man, I like finding this weird crap. So again, I want to thank our sponsors, me and a mortgage, I'm sorry, me and American Mortgage Company. Keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas, either from out of state or off planet, <laughs> either way, uh, as long as they've got a check stub and some bank statements, um, I can probably make it happen. Send them my way, themichaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. And remember, I sell dreams, not mortgages. Everybody go, oh, that sounds so sweet. I love making people laugh and smile and help them get into homes of their own. One more thing before I sign off here, though. I want to mention one thing. Everybody go check out my other Facebook group um, that I have started. It is called Your Bucket List. And it's got kind of a leather-looking map and compass rose for the picture. It's Your Bucket List. Um, The whole idea came about just because uh, I, I posted just a random meme that my cousin had put up. Something along the lines of do what you want to do now because someday you'll wake up and be old and can't do them or something along those lines. And he was griping about how much older he's getting. And I had to remind him that he's two weeks older than me and I'm not old yet. And so uh, anyway, but I put it out there and I said, you know, I'm genuinely curious what is on people's bucket lists. And it was interesting. The responses I got back, most of them were like pretty realistic and achievable bucket list items and so i thought you know that would be kind of cool to just build a community and then i don't know once a week once every two weeks once a month i'm not sure yet we'll put out there and say everybody post uh you know one realistic and attainable bucket list item put it out there and then uh me and a committee which which may just be me and my kids and my mom and dad i don't know uh, anyway, there'll be a few folks involved. We'll pick, I don't know, one, three, five, ten. I don't know. Just uh, some arbitrary number. We'll we'll pick a number and we'll say, okay, here are the ones that we picked for, for this time. Who can help them out? And the idea is not necessarily to spend money, um, but just to make some connections happen. Uh, for instance, I, I've got a client 
Um, we got her into a house. She said, oh my gosh, this was a bucket list item. I've always wanted to own my own home. We made that happen, which of course, you know, many people want to own their own home. That's a bucket list item. And I helped make that happen. But she posted, she said, uh, I've always wanted to ride in a helicopter. And I thought, well, dang, that's, that's actually not really hard to do. Um, I'm not a helicopter pilot. I don't own a helicopter, but I know pilots here in Wichita Falls. And so as, as I get time, I'm going to try to hook her up with somebody that's got a helicopter that might be willing to take her out on a, just a 30 minute tour around the area on a helicopter. Doesn't cost me anything to make that connection. And so I thought, you know, that could be a fun thing to do for us just to uh, collectively as a group use our connections to help mark off some bucket list items of people. And uh, I just think it'd be fun. It'll kind of help make the world a, a better place. You know, we got lots of bad things going on. Let's make some good things happen. And I think we can make it happen. So there you go. Check me out on your Y-O-U-R bucket list. I do know there are people from all over the world. Cool. Sign up. Get on your bucket list. This is not just a Texas or United States thing. This is everything. I'd, I'd love it to go big. Just to, just to have a little fun. So there you go. Your bucket list. Y-O-U-R bucket list. Look for the uh, kind of leather map with a compass on it. And uh, jump in there and, and get, you know, participate, I guess. Thank you all for tuning in to Once Upon a Time in Texas. If you are listening to this, make sure that you're also getting on to my Facebook group and or Facebook page called Once Upon a Time in Texas. Get on there, participate, throw out ideas. Um, if you are from somewhere outside the United States, please go ahead and throw stuff on there. Uh, I know one buddy from Scotland listens and, uh, they actually came to Texas. That's how I met them. So tell me what you want to hear. So as always, remember the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Look forward to hearing from everybody. Y'all have a great week.